We talked in Sunday school about the book uh, John and Romans. We talked about scripture. We talked about uh, the Romans road. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. If you go to the inside of this portion of scripture you have in your hands, there's the Romans road. Next week, Sunday worship, we're going to look at the Romans walk, the back cover of the same booklet. So if you want to save yourself some time, you can leave your Bible and save your pew, but it'll probably get moved around a little bit this week. <laughs> and uh, uh, you can uh, know where we're going to be next week. We're going to look at the Romans walk. Then we're going to look at the Romans race. And then we're going to look at the Romans fight. Then we're going to look at the Romans burial. Uh, Christian. You could put in for Romans. The book of Romans is about man. The middle word in Romans is M-A-N. You can see it right in the middle there. It talks about mankind's depravity, takes him from the first chapter all the way up to mankind. And I like to title it Flying Like Eagles. It takes you from uh, the birth in Jesus Christ, accepting Christ as your personal Savior, where you're at before salvation, and where you'll be after salvation. Right on through, you get about chapter 12, and the last four chapters are all about where you can be as a Christian and have peace and comfort and joy all the way through the book of Romans. The book of John, of course, if you've heard me say it before, I'm sold on it. The book of John's about Jesus Christ. It answers a lot of questions of why and what he was about. Not necessarily a chronicle order as the first uh, of the Gospels, but it is telling you the purpose and meaning for him, for Jesus Christ being involved. He says, I am, over 40 times in that book. If you want to know more about Jesus, you read the book of John. You want to know more about yourself and mankind and where you can be in relationship to John, uh, the book of John read the book of Romans. And so that's where we're at today. Before I get too far, turn to page 42, 43. Everybody turn to page 43 in the book of Romans in this little booklet right here, 43. And we're going to go down the Romans road, Romans 3.10. Title is None Righteous, No, Not One. If you need a summary of today's lesson, you can get this track at the foyer there. It's a complete outline in brief of the book of Romans. It's been in our track rack for years. I'm happy to see it here. I was involved in its printing. I've been to Fellowship Track League several times. If you go there and say, tell them who sent you, besides Christ, they'll give you all the tracks you want free. They're good people. That church is no bigger than this church. In fact, it's a little smaller than this church. But Faith, Prayer, and Track League's known throughout the world for what they've done with the tracks and scripture. We have this track in the back. I'd suggest if you have someone who wants to know more about Jesus Christ, who wants to trust in God's word, who wants to grow as a Christian, tell them about the book of Romans and give them this track. And it'll guide them right on through it. All right. Dear Lord, help us this morning as we look into the old, old story. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be here today. We thank you for the witness of your word. We thank you for your patience with us. We thank you for your love for us. 
We thank you for the many blessings. We thank you for the fact that we can be united under this particular portion of Scripture as we come to complete understanding, which we cannot comprehend until we're there with you in glory. We thank you for the map you've given us, the road, the, the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' precious name we pray, and to his glory we ask. Amen. All right, page 43. You see it on the bottom there? It says, see page 43. By the way, if anybody has turned to page 43 and sees it's all marked up, you have my copy. You know what? I laid it down this morning. It may be upstairs, but I laid it down. But there's so many of them that look alike, I can't find it again. So if you open it up and it's all scribbled up on page 43, those are the notes for the message. For all have sinned, if you go to page 43, or, yeah, page 43, turn to page 43, and it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The first time I was exposed to this uh, John and Romans portion of Scripture, I says, well, you can't take one verse out of the whole thing and base your whole belief on that whole chapter. Read chapter 3. It's all about unrighteousness. And there's a big $3 word that shows up in there. Uh, starts with a P. Don't take my word for it. But there's a couple of words in there that might throw you up. Unrighteousness shows up eight or nine times in this portion of Scripture. Unrighteous and righteousness. Verse 5 of 3.5. But if our unrighteousness com commanded the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. That's Paul talking about, hey, God's just, God's perfect, and he says we're unrighteous. And if he seeks vengeance because of our unrighteousness, then we don't understand what grace is about. But he is the author of everything and all things, and he is the Godhead is sovereign, and he can take and seek vengeance. In fact, he says in Scripture further on, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay thee. He's the one who can, is justified and perfect. We are unrighteous. We have not that privilege. But And then it goes on and talks about righteousness and unrighteousness. Righteousness simply means right with God. Now, I've read chapters. I, I read a chapter about it this morning. And in summary, righteousness, righteousness is just simply being right with God. Right with mankind, maybe, but you're right with God, you're truly righteous. Man's righteousness is self-righteousness. He's justified in himself. That's not how we measure righteousness. Righteousness is according to Scripture, which Paul goes on and explains right here in this portion of Scripture. Perpetuation is the next big word. I can't find it right here, but it shows up. It's where 25, yes, whom God has sent forth to be a perpetuation through faith in his blood to declare the righteousness for all for the ransom of sin Remission of sin that are passed <laughs> that are passed through the forbearance of God. God takes our righteousness, and you look up the word perpetuation. There be paragraphs written on that, but it simply comes down to and and they get real spiritual, right? But I just want the raw definition of 
perpetuation. And when I want the raw English, I don't go to the uh, Bible dictionary. I check always to the Bible dictionary because it gets so spiritual right away. But if I want what, you know, I'm going to do this in perpetuation for you. What's that mean? I'm going to pay the penalty for your sin, your grief. I take on your grief is what you're saying, and I'll satisfy the, the judge, and I'll satisfy who, who's trying to punish you. It would be you standing in line to take on, well, you see mothers demonstrate it all the time. They take on their son's grief, what he's caused. That's the kind of love it is. It's perpetuation when you take on something, you pay the penalty for someone else. I had a library fine, and my wife went down and paid it. That was perpetuation on her part, if it came from her. That's a simple, very uncomplex meaning. And Jesus Christ, he died in perpetuation for us, and he's setting us up for this. The first step in the Romans uh, road, the first path you take, and I like the picture there. Now, that's my logo, an emblem there. You'll see it once in a while. Uh, uh, I am a cowboy, and I will be a cowboy. Pardon? Oh, is that what that's going on? Oh, is Searing's talking to her? Good. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you can read on all sides of this verse, and it's talking about how mankind falls short. And that's what sin, the definition for sin is, the spiritual definition for sin, the, the Greek definition, the Hebrew definition, Latin is a little different, but it goes uh, to miss the mark, to miss the mark, and that's where we all fall short of righteousness, true righteousness, and God knows that. Uh, my wife had a discussion with two ladies who were lost at a Bible camp one time. We were at a Bible retreat. I was preaching there, and two Lutheran ladies, wonderful ladies, good wholesome, Christian-type ladies. They believed in God. They believed in Jesus Christ, but they didn't understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all their sins. They were a little confused in that regard. And my wife was not lost, but she was taking kind of a detour around the lake. And there was a path around the lake, and these two sisters come out walking up, and they go, which is the way to the, to the camp? And they weren't of our camp. There was another Bible camp there going on, a retreat. And... Uh, she says, oh, well, you, you, I'll, I'll show you the way, but you don't have to be lost. And she explained to them what it was not like to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And she said she took them to this verse in her memory, and she memorized what that we often do, the Romans road. And she said, there's none righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the first argument you hear against that is, I'm not so bad. And the one sister said, I'm not so bad. I, didn't, I haven't done anything really wrong. And my wife said, have you ever fought with your sister? Well, about that time, she got a little more quiet, but she still insisted she's never, my sister's forgiven me. I'm not, I'm not bad. <laughs> and uh, the other sister was catching on, and she says, oh, no, we could go a long time talking about how we're unrighteous. All of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us are far short of perfection. All of us have sinned and come short. Let's go on to the next mark, Romans 3.23.
Oh, wow. It repeats itself. Well, you know, God repeats himself in Scripture. Let's go to three. Uh, let's go to page 47, it says there. Turn to page 47. Okay, let's go over here to page 44, 45, 46, 47. Okay. Where's the little underline? Okay, we all admit we're sinners. To, to get saved, you've got to get lost. I get worried about somebody who says, oh, I was born uh, into a Christian family, and I grew up in a Christian home, and I've never, uh, you know, I've always been saved. I had a neighbor like that. He was a gay warden. Oh, I, I can understand that because my like for gay wardens is, needs some improvement anyway. Uh, but uh, very self-righteous. And I always question that. And I question other people who say, for I, I have never been really wrong. I've never really been there. But the, God knows that. He knows when you're right or you're wrong, whether you're righteous. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So no matter if you admit you're wrong, you have to, get, you have to admit you're lost before you can get saved. That's where I'm going with this. The purpose in our lives is to realize where we stand before God. We stand third before God. The angels stand ahead of us before God. We are not perfect. We won't be that way unless we're right with God. And how do we get right with God? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You have to come to a point in your life where you realize that, not just understand it, but it has to go to your heart. Where do you get this from? Well, go to the former pastor of this church. His wife was in this church. She was a righteous lady. From what I understand, she was a wonderful young lady, sang and did all kinds of things, was in church all of her life. She didn't get saved till last year, was it? Because it had to go from here to here. Each one of us have to understand that we're not going to get to heaven just because we know the way. We have to go to heaven. We get to go to heaven because we commit ourselves to that way. We have to trust in God to get us there. We have to put our faith and trust not in our actions, not whether we teach Sunday school, not whether we uh, do all kinds of other things for the church. We have to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I told my brother, who was a Jesuit priest, I'm not good now because I'm trying to get to heaven. He had accolades within his faith that you couldn't imagine. He was a bodyguard for some of the bishops that came here from Europe. He trained with the martial arts people in, in the Vatican. He had qualifications beyond that of spirit. He never missed a day in church. At Sunday, not Sunday, we were there on a weekday at night before they went to bed. Above the fireplace, they had a couple of pictures, and they'd pray and go through the rosary, which is another spiritual sacrament of that their church he went to, and they'd go through rituals every day, the whole family, to glorify Christ, to glorify God, to glorify themselves before God. I says, I'm not good now because I'm trying to get to heaven like you are. He says, I'm good because I know I'm going there. 
And that is what true salvation is about. Serving God because you know out of gratitude, not out of have to. And so, when he died on his behalf, his priest, his intercessor, said to his family, and he had a family. If you're of the right particular order of Jesuits, I won't bore you too long with this story, but if you're uh, in a particular order of Jesuits, you can have family. How many children did he have? Eight kids? Eight children. That was so he could infiltrate at one time historically the group he was in so they could infiltrate the Protestant churches and rat out the individuals that were showing up on Sunday in the wrong church. No, that wasn't his particular job. That was that order he would belong to. They were the secret of the Catholic Church. But he knew his Bible. He knew his doctrine of his church. We had wonderful discussions about it. I won't go too far into that. We're talking about salvation here. But when he died, the priest, his intercessor, said to his family, the children in the front pew in that church, which is done entirely in Latin because you and I can't understand what the Bible is unless we know Latin fluently, and they demonstrate that at their last rites mass for high individuals. Even the singing was in Latin. And he said in English to those poor kids, you're gonna, your dad had accolades within the church. Your dad had a wonderful ranking within the church. Your dad had a beautiful position in the church. He did this and that. But now it's your turn to get him into heaven. You're going to have to pray and pay for him to get to heaven. Why? Because they didn't trust in God's word. They didn't take God at his word. They didn't accept what the scripture said. They had to make up their own way to get to heaven. There's no other way but through Jesus Christ. Let's read the rest of it. What's it take? Turn to page 45, top of faith. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's a gift. It's a gift. You're not going to earn it. No one's going to earn it. And even if you got the gift, you're not going to earn it. It's a gift. A gift is something you cannot earn and you don't deserve, really. Jesus Christ gives you that. God gives you that through Christ. Let's see what the next one is. Turn to page 45. Oh, we're going to go back one. Let's go back one and see what that says. 45. Isn't that while we were yet sinners? Let's see what it says. 45. Let's go up. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I don't have to get cleaned up. God cleans me up. I come to church dressed up. I was kind of flattered. Doc said I look pretty good. And you know when your doctor tells you you look pretty good, you've got to feel good about it. But God cleans me up. God will clean you up. All you got to do is admit you're dirty. You don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I've been on this planet pushing 70 years now. And I don't deserve it. I didn't deserve a month after I was saved. I'm so glad he waited till I got saved. And my time didn't run out. And he's given me time and time again. He's given me the gift of eternal life. And he's given me a way to live a wonderful life here on this planet. 
Let's go to the next turn to page 51. Let's go over to page 51. This is the road you travel down as a Christian. I was discussing with another individual this week about how we all are traveling down a road as a Christian. And that road is narrow compared to the world's road. Narrow is the way that leads on to salvation. Well, leads us there and keeps us there. Narrow is, is this. The, road, the world's this wide. But you know, within that path... Some of us walk on one edge, some of us walk on the other edge, some of us bounce back and forth, some of us go up the middle, but we're all saved if we stay on that road. We're all saved because God laid that path out for us. It's not really our doing. And you know, there's been a couple times in my life I've kind of pulled off to the side and parked there, you know, and I thank God he got me back on the on the road and I got back into his word and he pushed me on down the trail there because he promises he'll never leave thee nor forsake thee every one of us have God in our pocket the Holy Spirit in our lives and if we turn to them and turn tune ourselves into them through scripture through there's three ways to talk to three ways to communicate with God what are they we just we just hit on it in Sunday school class and I corrected it how do we hear from God? Through prayer and through his word. There's one other way we hear from God. God works in three ways. He's got threes. He likes threes. We're made of three parts. Through worship, through church, you'll hear from God. You commit yourself to church, you just might hear something from God. The devil's pretty good at separating us from any of those, isn't he? He separates us from, with the busy and the calamities of this world. He separates us from all kinds of things. And we get kind of hung up on that road of life where he's taken us, where he's leading us. And we get hung up with job. We get hung up sometimes with different things in our lives. And we get pulled over to the side. And we have to readjust and go on up. All in God's word. Stay on the Romans road. Here's the Romans road to salvation, well, I'm not talking about salvation now. I'm talking about what we do past salvation. But let's read this about salvation. So what page do we turn to next? Do you see it down at the bottom? Somebody tell me. Page 51. 45. Turn to page, I think I go page 51. And it says... For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, we got four and five, don't we? Those little markers there. That if thou should confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I've read this before. Today, this is the fourth time I've read this out loud. For with the heart, I might get it right this time. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confessing Jesus Christ as your Savior. Confessing the fact that you're not going to earn your way to heaven. You're not got some privilege that you're going to get there some other way. You've got to get there by confessing Jesus Christ as your Savior. I don't care if you're called, drawn, or, or selected, or painted on, and they put a tattoo on your butt when you were born. You're going to get saved only one way, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, 
whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. We talked about that in Sunday school. That's what the devil tries to do, makes us ashamed of our salvation. I'm going to be happy to hand these out. I'm going to be happy to hand out this here. I know a man that handed one of these to the nurse when she come to his call, and he died within 10 minutes of that. The last thing he did was ask that nurse if she knew she was going to heaven. His name's Rex Cobb. Wonderful man of God. Died handing out a track. Why? Because we all need to know. We all need to know. Was he earning his way to heaven? No, he knew he was on his way. He just wanted to share it. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, I didn't say it, God said it. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. You name whatever nationality, whatever denomination, whatever color, whatever shade, whatever type of person you want in there. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. He doesn't hold back on anyone, any group, any color, any shade, not the black man, not the white man, not the red man, not the blue man, not even the Martians. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the road map. That is the Romans road to heaven. I want to what happens with you as you travel down the life's road, we'll look at next week, the Romans walk. And that's where we learn more about it. Mrs. Anania, you want to come and play that song? Let's all stand.